Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast today being Sunday, November 21, 2021. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the opportunity to again be with you, that you are with your people, that you may speak through us to your people. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon all the hearers and the doers who will go forth and strive to walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental again taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. We continue to pray that God will bless him and enlarge his coast. Walking with God series. The series outline. We've covered four. We started with walking with God as an introduction. Then the week after it, Noah walked with God. The third week was Joseph walked with God. Last Sunday was Jeremiah walked with God. Today, with a slight modification, it will be the lost apostles walked with God. Next Sunday will be Paul, apostle to the Gentiles, walked with God. Then after that will be few walked with God when a major ramp went apostate in the fourth century. Then eight will be few walked with God in the slavery era. And nine, night week, few are walking with God in the 21st century discombobulated world. We may still modify this series as we go along. Today's topic, the lost apostles walk with God. Praise the Lord. The outline, who can understand spiritual matters? Who? Two, 11 apostles who walked faithfully while Christ was on earth. One apostle walked on faithfully. Four, are you walking faithfully with God? That's a question you and I will answer at the end of this broadcast. Who can understand spiritual matters? First item. Human beings have five senses. God has given us five senses. The sense of sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. When somebody thought we feel and we touch and get feeling. God gave human beings eyes to see, ears to hear sounds, nose to smell, tongue to taste and skin to touch. Try convincing a blind person, somebody who has been born blind, that means from birth he or she was born blind, or the existence of oceans, stars, moons, or the existence of skyscrapers, airplanes, even different types of clothing. Try convincing that person. Your words will never make those things real to the person. To the person who was born blind, no matter how hard you try. Similarly, you will never convince a deaf person, somebody who is deaf, that there are different kinds of sounds. In fact, that they are sound. And you cannot convince a person born with your sense of smell that there are various types of smell. The same goes with somebody with a sense of feeling. That is, he or she has no sense of feeling. That when you touch people, you can feel. And if people touch you, can have, you can feel their hands or their, you know, whatever. And neither will you convince somebody born with your sense of taste 
And there, are diff there are different types of food have different tests. Every food type will test the same to that person. If I had no test, meaning testless. The historicity or the historical authenticity of Jesus Christ and of his teachings and works have been the subject. Many have many uninformed persons have questioned right from the time of his birth to now. Was he God? Was he a human being? Did he even exist? If he did, did he truly work those miracles? If he didn't work the miracles, did he really rise from the dead? How authentic are the sayings attributed to him in the Gospels and the epistles? Many philosophers, and sadly some who call themselves theologians, have made and continue to make a living disseminating falsehood about God, the Son of God, and the Scriptures. These philosophers and theologians are like those people born blind. Yes, they're blind. They're deaf. They have no sense of hearing or touch or smell or taste. Exactly because they don't have the sense to understand spiritual matters. That's the problem. They dabble into spiritual matters. When they are spiritually blind and deaf. They peddle lives in the guise of academics. When what is coming out of their mouths often sounds silly to those who have the Spirit of God. God's spirituality is only accessible by those who have believed in the Son of God and been baptized by Him with the Holy Spirit. There's no other way to access God's spirituality. It's not possible. Only those who have Christ and the Holy Spirit have spiritual sense. No academic discipline can ever give you spiritual sense. Stop. It's impossible. They can. That's those who have spiritual sense. They can and do know the things of God. Only they can understand the things of God. Only they can read the Bible and understand. And teach it. Not unbelieving philosophers and theologians. First scripture, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 15. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God or considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Praise the Lord! This scripture backs all the assertions I have previously made. Verse 2 said, What we have received, that is, children of God. It's not the spirit of the world, but a spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Verse 13 says, this is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, which is what operates in some of these academic circles and in most of these churches. But in words taught by the Holy Spirit. 
explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Praise the Lord. And verse 14 says, The person without the spirit, that's an unbeliever. All unbelievers don't know the things about God or the things of God. Period. They have a peripheral when they see the moon and the stars, but that's all. They consider them foolishness according to verse 14. They cannot understand them because their spirituality is sand. Only a person with the Holy Spirit can make judgments on matters of spirituality. But such person is not subject to human judgments. You cannot use human wisdom to try to corroborate a spiritual matter. It's not possible. Those who think you can go into the laboratory in order to carry out some experiments to know about God and the Son of God and miracles and signs and wonders are talking nonsense. You, it's not possible. You cannot. Anybody who says I have a rational mind, therefore you cannot rationalize God because you are just a creature. You don't have the Holy Spirit. You are just a human being who has only five senses. You don't have the spiritual sense. Praise the Lord. Next scripture, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 19. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Praise the Lord. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Praise the Lord. Mark that. Unbelievers have darkened hearts. And this says so. All unbelievers have darkened hearts. And they lack understanding of the things of God. We are not talking about things of the world. They can have the best brains and the best minds about things of the world, but in terms of spirituality, they are ignorant. Unbelievers don't have the life of God. They are dead to spiritual things. And because of unbelief, God has hardened their hearts even further, unless they repent. Yet, many of us who say we are believers run to our unbelieving friends, family for advice in one thing or the other. Well, who do you think will give you advice? They give you advice based on human wisdom. And when you collapse on the road, I mean collapse, that is the plans collapse, you now turn to God. Yet you had the Spirit of God, you could have asked God. They should be the ones coming to you for advice. But of course, advice to give an unbeliever is the first thing is repent. If not, you're in error. Item 2. 11 apostles walked faithfully with God. Scripture, please. John chapter 6, verses 53 to 71. Verse 53. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, 
On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. Praise the Lord. Please take time to go through these verses again. But I want to pick up verse 53. Jesus said to them, very, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. And verse 68, when the other disciples had abandoned him, leaving only the twelve, Jesus asked them, more like, Where, what are you guys doing? Should I follow your brothers and sisters? Simon Peter answered him in verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's the key. His flesh and blood is, is, is eternal life. A very hard saying to them. But they trusted the one whom they have been following for about three years. It is unlikely that they understood the full import of what the Lord meant at that moment. But they had faith in the one they were following. That he has the words of eternal life. Praise the Lord. Scripture, please. John chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Praise the Lord. Eternal life is knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, being cleaved to him at the cross, and following in his commands. So the flesh and blood in the verses we just read, we are metaphors of, for faith in the Son of God and for obedience to his commands, which is the word of God, the scriptures. That's all. The disciples who left were thinking in worldly terms. Their hearts were in the world, not on the Savior, not on the Lord Jesus Christ. So they missed the point. You would think that is where it would end, but that's not true. Apostate Christianity, we're going to come to that when we talk about the backsliding in 4th century. They don't have the Holy Spirit. All the churches that belong to opposite, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They have reinterpreted those metaphors of bread and blood. They teach that the bread of the communion is the literal body of Christ. 
and the one is the literal blood of Christ. How can the Son of God be in the elements prepared by human beings? Please tell me. There's a name they call it, but I don't want to call it here. It's not important. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. If they did, they will understand that the words of eternal life the Lord is referring to is his blood and his body. Now, when you immerse yourself in the scriptures, you are literally eating God's word. And you are literally eating the Savior, but not not literally now, metaphorically. So they mix the metaphor for reality. Because they don't have the Spirit of God. If you belong to such denominations that still tell you that the bread of communion is the body of Christ and the blood, and not, not just elements, representational. I tell you, the interpretation is a miss. It's unscriptural. They are like those disciples who abandon the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you belong to such denominations or church, group, church groups, you need to re-examine your heart. Please ask yourself this question. Am I really a child of God? Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to know the answer. The apostles had abandoned whatever they were doing to follow Jesus Christ. They were walking faithfully. Eleven of them. They listened and believed. And because they believed, God circumcised their hearts. He changed them from corruptible to incorruptible. So if you are following the Lord Jesus Christ and you are half-heartedly following him, your heart will remain hard. But if you allow the Spirit of God to come in because you are believed fully, God will circumcise your heart out new. He will change everything from corruptible to incorruptible. Praise the Lord. The eleven that walked faithfully saw the resurrected Lord when he, when he resurrected. Only eleven saw him. One did not. They ate with him after his resurrection. And he taught them even after the resurrection for 40 days. And they saw him ascending to the heavens. Because they were faithfully walking with God. If not, they couldn't have seen him when he resurrected. After the Holy Spirit came upon them in the upper room, where there were about 120 people on that Pentecost morning. They couldn't contain what they had been witnesses of. They couldn't contain it anymore. They burst into the world to preach Christ crucified and resurrected, not minding the consequences. Those who walk with God speak the truth at all times. And I don't mean worldly truths. I'm talking about the truths of God's spiritual. And they don't mind the consequences. The apostles selected Matthias to replace Judas. So at the beginning of the early church on that Pentecost day, there were 12 apostles. These 12 apostles were hounded from city to city, beaten, tortured, imprisoned, and killed. All of the 12 died minus John, the, John who wrote the book of Revelation and the Gospel of John. They paid the price for their bold witnessing with their lives. Only John died from natural causes. About 100 AD, 100 CE. At the time before his death, the gospel had reached all corners of the Roman Empire, the known world empire at the time. 
That means in less than 70 years, the gospel has reached all the whole world. That's the whole Roman world. In effect, their blood was used to water the gospel of Christ. They didn't start having fellowships in one city and uh, doing certain things, which we are going to come to. And God has confirmed ahead of time the faithfulness of those 11 apostles who were faithfully with God. Remember, I've added Matthias now. If I now add the Matthias, the 12 apostles, please. No longer 11, because we removed Judas. Their names are already enshrined in heaven. Scripture, please. Revelations chapter 21, verse 14. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. Their names are already enshrined, meaning they were faithfully with God. That's a testimony we have, that they did indeed work faithfully with God. If you and I work faithfully with God, our names will also be enshrined in some places in heaven. Item three. One apostle walked unfaithfully. Sure, but now you know who I mean. Judas Iscariot was the twelfth apostle before the Lord's death. He was both selfish and greedy. Though he was one of the twelve, he would become ignominious for selling out his friend and Lord, and his friend and his name will forever be written in infamy. You think God was taken on our ways? No. Because the scriptures have foretold his betrayal hundreds of years before. Scripture, please. Psalm 41 verse 9. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Praise the Lord. Nothing can escape God. Everything is already known because he's God. The Lord knew about Judas Iscariot. Yet he loved him, even to the very end, even washing his feet. How he must have been praying for him not to give in to his greed. Scripture, please. John chapter 12, verses 3 to 6. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me just make one little comment here because I'm going to continue. If you are greedy and you say you're a believer, better ask God to take it away from you today. If you are greedy, whether you're a man or you're a woman, you are done. The devil will always find a way to suck you in. I don't care how much you pray. So better ask God today to take away that greed. And stop looking over your neighbor's compound or what your neighbors have. And press your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise you are done. Remember Jesus was with the other 11 apostles. But his heart was in the world. He was stealing money. While others were going, he was still, his mind. see, think about that. 
The Lord himself was there, and yet, because he's great, he couldn't help himself. Next scripture, please. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 to 16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Jesus, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Praise the Lord. You see what greed can do. In his greed, he failed to see the marvelous love of God. He failed to see that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Lord, he knew even that he is a thief. But he was convinced by his greed that no, nobody knows that he was stealing. He couldn't apprehend spiritual things because his mind was in the world and on the money. Judas Iscariot, that person that betrayed Jesus, and I'm, that's the point I'm about to make, can be likened to our 21st century false believers, teachers, preachers, pastors, general overseers. I don't care whether they lead millions or hundreds of thousands. Anybody who loves money is like Judas. These false ministers of the gospel, ministers in quote, they use deception to collect money from their followers. So they invent doctrines to use to take the money from them. They find that worse than Judas. <laughs> Judas sold out his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. But these false preachers and Jerovaseas have sold him for millions of dollars. There is no difference between, in fact, their own is worse. There is no difference between the behavior of Judas Iscariot and 21st century false pastors and Jews who collect money from their followers using unbiblical doctrines of tithes in the New Testament church and so you have seen. Did you hear me again? If you are in a church where they preach tithe, nobody send them. There is no such thing as tithe in the New Testament church. You can go to our website and get all the exposure there. So you have seen. It's false. Again, they exposure there. Merchandise of God's grace. There are robbers. Are they not betraying the one who died for the sins of the world to give eternal life to who believes? When they use his name to collect money from their followers, bring the tithe, God will increase your household, whatever you call. Think about that worse than Judas. Are they not betraying the Son of God when they have made their followers to believe that the lost death on the cross was to make them rich in this world? Think about it. Are they not betraying the Holy One of Israel? When they teach their followers to be filling their coffers and God will multiply what they have sold. They are worse than Judas. Are they not betraying the Lord when they are in alliance with the worst religious and political leaders? Isn't there a general overseer or pastor in love and dancing with the political and religious leaders of your, your community? Think about it. <laughs> Let's we forget when Judas was betraying the Lord, whom did he go to? He went to the religious leaders to betray the Son of God. So each time these people dance with these people in the world and the religious realm, they betray the Son of God anew. You can't be in alliance with the world's religious and political leaders and you tell me that you're a child of God. No, you are not. 
We're going to go to the hard question for you and I. Number four, are you, am I, walking faithfully with God? So far, right from Abraham to Noah, to Joseph, to Jeremiah, we have seen human beings like you and I, flesh and blood, who walk with God. So far from what you have heard in this, if you have been following us, and if you have not, I ask you to go to our website, or to our Facebook page, or to YouTube, and go through the summons. So, so far, do you think you are walking faithfully with God? If you are not, don't you think like you are like, you are like Judas Iscariot? Because you are either faithful or you are faithful. You cannot be faithful and unfaithful at the same time. If you are greedy, you have a problem. I plead with you to repent today. Greed makes people not to see the love of God. Whoever is greedy cannot see the love of God. If those apostles had been greedy, they would not have paid the supreme price. They would not have allowed themselves to be killed. They have found one reason or the other not to. They would have stayed in one nice place collecting tithes. And when you go through the New Testament church, there was no time tithes were ever collected. They collected offerings to help the poor. But today, people are collecting money to build their church empires. These are worldly church empires that have nothing to do with the church of God. I will continue to speak with the last breath of my life that God gives me today, calls me by His grace into, into glory. So I so help many run away from these wicked men and women. They are wicked. They are taking many to Christless eternity. All you have to do is walk faithfully with God and He will direct your paths. The Bible says the Spirit, those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. If you are not led by the Spirit of God, you are done. No amount of, you can pay, you can sacrifice everything you have in this world, you will not make it eternal life. Unless you repent, accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and go into your closet and study the Bible, and ask God to teach you and guide your life. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you are not a child of God. The world makes people not to see the love of God. The love, if you love things in the world, how can you love God? It's not possible. You, you, yes, you may have things, but it should not direct your life. If God has blessed you with wealth, they shouldn't direct your life. If you are poor, don't wish to be that rich person because if you have that wealth, you may really fall from the faith. All you have to do is just ask God to lead you. He led Jeremiah, one part. Joseph, another part. Abraham, a different part. But all of those parts, he led them, they all came to God because God was what? The maestro. He's the one who has seen everything and caused faithful men and women to continue to be a witness. So there's no one way. How he will direct me is not how he directs other person. God has a plan for you. Follow the plan of God. That's the only way to walk faithfully with him. If you want to follow another person's plan, uh, because you are going to fail. This is a statement. I, I'm this here, so, and I pray God he will help me to only stay in the plan he has made for me. And those your worldly friends will never make you to see the love of God. Those your worldly friends are distractions. Those are worldly things you have are distractions. 
See them only as just utility, things you can use to achieve the glory of God. I'm going to sing a song. My Savior's love. And you and I must stand amazed at the love of God. Who died for you and I. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and I wonder how he could have loved me you should wonder he could have loved you a sinner that was condemned unclean yet he loved me how marvelous how wonderful the love of God My son shall always be that. How marvelous the love of God. How wonderful. That he could love me, a sinner who was condemned to death. That should also be your son. He took my sins and my sorrows and made them his very own. He bore the body to Calvary on that cross and suffered. Died for me. He died for me. It's personal. He died for you, if you're a child of God. It's personal to you. How marvelous. How wonderful. And my soul shall ever be. How marvelous. How wonderful. Is my Savior's love for me. I'm going to sing that song. You must only to sing the Savior's love. It is love that is incomparable. How marvelous. How wonderful my son shall ever be. Please sing how marvelous. Shout it from the rooftops and praise him, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When we the ransom, that's all of us, all of us in glory. His face, I at last will see. You will see him, we will see him together. To be joy through the ages, to sing of his love for us. Yes. Imagine that day because it's coming. When we all sing, how marvelous, how wonderful. Our song shall be that day. Can you imagine the rejoicing? The shouts of praise as you behold the face of the Son of God who died for you and I. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word. Blessings and honor are all yours, O God. We give you all the praise for your word to us. Pray, Lord, that as many as have heard who are your children, Lord, will take correction. Greed will now no longer be part of their lives because greed really destroyed that unfaithful apostle. I pray that they will have the mind of the other 11, eventually 12, 
who were willing to pay the price with their lives to say, we saw him resurrected. Let this your children, O Lord, who hear my voice today, Lord. If you have never had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, personal to them, Lord. And pray, Lord, as many as whose hearts are set on him, may they have that personal encounter. Because when they have that personal encounter, their lives will never be the same again. Father, I pray for this gift to them today. I pray, Lord, Father, for this gift to them today, that they may have an encounter with your son. Because when they have that encounter, they will never be the same. I know. Because I experienced it. By your grace. Bless the homes of these ones who will be obedient. Who genuinely want to walk in your counsel. Who want to be led by the Spirit of God. Who want to be led at all times by you. Help them not to destroy that unbelievable cord linking the world to them. Help them not to ignore everything they hear that's not of you. Help them not to go into your world and devote their time studying the world, not hearing any other voice but your voice into their ears and into their heart. And when the enemy comes calling, as he will, Father, let the blood you shed envelop the whole surroundings that the enemy will never penetrate in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise, all the glory and honor. Bless the homes. Bless all in this ministry. Bless all who hear the uh, messages. Bless all who transmit them, who share them. Bless those who have gone forth after hearing to teach others. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. I will see you people by God's grace next Sunday. Can we please continue to read our Bible?